Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hey, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a packed podcast today. In fact, um, our guest today and I, we're going over notes and articles and events in the last couple days, actually since last week, and we could actually do three shows, three podcasts, uh, but we're going to jam it all into one today with John Haller. But I need to share some scripture before we get going. Hebrews chapter 9 27 and 28 says, And just as it is destined for people to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. And let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to uh, tackle issues that are going on around the world, around our country, that affect Christians. We pray for wisdom, God, and I know you promise to give it generously to those who ask. We also ask for discernment in these last days. As it gets darker, Lord, strengthen us to shine our lights even brighter. Help us to not back down, not be overwhelmed, not shy away from the battle, but help us to fight the good fight of faith. We know it's a good fight because in the end, We win because of you, because of Jesus, and he already won. We love you, Lord. We lift up this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, topics today, uh, Davos, uh, globalism, food shortages, Title IX, Middle East, uh, Israel. um, Oh, my goodness, there's so much. John Haller is back with us to make trouble today. Lawyer, elder, teacher, pastor known for his weekly prophecy updates, and uh, he helped start... um, um, Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, near Columbus, where he's an elder and pastor. And uh, by the way, you can get his prophecy updates every week at the FBC YouTube channel. John Haller, welcome back, brother. Well, we'll see if you say that after we're done <laughs> talking in an hour. Oh my! So I'm very proud that you had me on at the beginning of Pride Month. That's, yes, that's wonderful. Um, thank you for reminding me. I had no idea it was Pride Month. Where would I have heard about that or seen uh, that? Anywhere? I don't know. Like looking at the end of your nose, uh, <laughs> shoved in your face all the yeah. time. I've seen, I saw this meme. All right, I'm, I'm digressing. This meme with um, a, a gal playing a tuba, the big, you know, the big horn, and I saw this other person standing in front of it with the horn end of the tuba over the person's head, and the, the tuba is pride, and the person is just trying to mind their own business. So that's basically, it's going to blast us, not just in June, but all year round. But um, so much to talk about. We are going to talk about what happened over in Davos, and we're going to talk about the continued push to the New World Order and globalists now trying to take over the food system. That's part of the uh, topic today. Maybe we'll get to monkeypox because we haven't really covered that. But let's start with something really quick. Title IX, uh, the Biden administration rewriting this, which is an assault on women's rights. You sent me an article from the Wall Street Journal. John, just give us the bullet points and then we'll uh, j- take it wherever it goes. So uh, Title IX prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex. And it's clear that when Title IX was enacted, that what Congress had in mind was they had in mind a uh, preventing discrimination based on sex, your biological sex. So, and and this is what led to women's sports mm-hmm. because they said that women were discriminated against and so women needed opportunities. And so a whole system has been set up by the NCAA and others to foster women's sports. And now that system is being torn down. We know what happened, for example, at the recent NCAA Women's Swimming Championships, a biological male who still has his biological male parts and who dresses and changes in the girls' women's locker room won one of the NCAA women's events, Division One. And very few people have spoken out about that. So, so what they've done is they've taken the discrimination on the basis of sex and they've expanded the definition of sex. 
Now, the Trump administration, to its credit, tried to roll that back. It, this was originally done under the, uh, under the first of the two Biden, uh, Obama administrations. Now we're in the third Obama administration. And so what they've, what they've done is they've, they've gone back, Trump rolled it back to biological sex, which is what Congress intended. And there was even litigation about it. But now the Biden administration is trying to rewrite the definition of sex to include gender or gender identity. And this is it. Look, if they want to enact that there's a process, it's called the political process in the United States, (laughs) but nobody wants to engage with the political process. And so what you're going to see this is related to a whole bunch of things. This is sort of like mm. the one of the symptoms of the disease that we're seeing right now. You're, you're going to see them trying to roll back and undermine all sorts of things. We just had this whole fiasco with the uh, disinformation ministry, the Ministry of Truth, with right. uh, this lady, Nina Jankowitz, uh, commonly called Scary Poppins or the uh, <laughs> disinformation propaganda nanny, uh, who's resigned. But by the way, in looking into just the sidebar, here we are, what, two minutes in, we're already off topic. But this Jankowitz, she was involved in all of these, like her, her, one of her things that she tried to do is sort of like musicals based on erotic musicals based on Harry Potter themes. Okay. And so she was going to be the disinformation minister. But this is something that they've been pushing. We've talked about this in the past, that this disinformation, misinformation thing is it's a big deal. It is, um, it's it's still coming. So they're they're tearing that down. They're they're in. You know, you're going to see them go after guns now. We see the big push for guns because mm-hmm. of what happened. That horrible thing that happened in Texas last week, which raises, by the way, another off-topic thing. <laughs> so many questions is like, what was going on down there? Yeah. Why were they not going into the school? Why were they tasering mothers and fathers? who wanted to go into the school on their own at the risk of their own life to save their child's life. Mm, wow. And they're, they're handcuffing them. Wow. This makes absolutely yeah. no sense. They stay outside for an hour. By, so. the, by the way, briefly, we can mention what Trudeau's doing up there in, in Canada, Emperor Trudeau. And uh, did, didn't you send me something? Was it a video or a news item about him taking away guns? Yeah, well, he came out and announced on Monday because of a couple of incidents, a couple of things happened in Canada this week that are significant. But Trudeau is, these are the Davos elite yes. that are in charge in Canada. When Klaus Schwab talked at Harvard back in, I don't know, five years ago, or four years ago, he said, I, I, I see the Canadian ca- cabinet and I know all of them because they're graduates of our Leadership Institute from the World Economic Forum. And so what he came out this week and he said was, look, we are going to ban the import, possession, et cetera, et cetera, magazine size of handguns. No more handguns in Canada. At the same time, though, British Columbia has been given an exemption. And I believe Ottawa and cities of Ottawa and Toronto have asked for exemptions to allow the possession of small amounts of various narcotics, uh, opioids, fentanyl, cocaine, crystal meth. And the reason is, I saw this on the front page of one of the Vancouver newspapers in British Columbia the other day, to help them deal with the addiction and overdose crisis. Now, how do you deal with an addiction and overdose crisis by allowing people to have the things that cause the addiction and overdose crisis? And I saw an interview on, I think it was Tucker Carlson last night. It was a former NHL player who set up a organization in Canada to fight this nonsense. And he just said, this is the great reset. This is what they're doing. And they're tearing everything that we hold near and dear and all of our freedoms, they're tearing it apart. Yeah. So what you see, I doubt that what you see in Canada is this is Canada's like a, um, the test lab for introducing a lot of these things as are a couple of other countries. So you're going to see the same thing come here to the United States. Now we supposedly have a first amendment. We supposedly have, you know, a second amendment, 
but that doesn't matter to them because these people are totalitarian globalists and they want to control everything. And a lot of people don't abide by the Constitution. They don't respect it. They don't believe in it. They think it's a, a document that needs to be changed and constantly amended. And so we've got the country kind of split on that note. But, John, um, we've got uh, something that you sent me before we dive into. Uh, well, let me just oh, go ahead, interrupt go ahead. you for one no. second, because <laughs> the, the chaos and mayhem that's going to come related to the Constitution. Mm. I was just reading an article this morning, and this is, I think it was the New York Times, said, listen, this, this is unusual. The Supreme Court has not issued very many decisions from this term, which shows that it's a very divided court, and the decisions are going to be very controversial. So they their term ends the end of June. I mean, remember the Obergefell decision came out on June 28th of 2015. Uh, just look at what's happened in seven years, by the way. It's wow. just unbelievable. Yep. But the Supreme Court is, has about 33 decisions that they're going to, I mean, it's like 60% or 50 per, 40% of the cases that they're going to issue a decision on will be issued in the next few weeks. And so I think that, especially with the abortion thing, uh, I know you talked about this with the Andy Woods the day after I was on the last time with that leak. Yep. And um, this is just... It's it's going to be a very difficult summer from that standpoint. Yeah, pre- there's going to be mayhem in the streets. Yeah, I'm afraid. prepare for more. Yeah, after what we saw a couple of years ago, and that uh, people lawlessness was not punished. There was no justice when people were murdering uh, business owners and blowing up police cars and uh, burning buildings. There was no justice. And uh, by the way. Uh, Kamala Harris was bailing them out. The uh, what is it? Minneapolis Freedom Fund. She was bailing right. out the felons out of uh, jail. And anyway, so let's go well, on. But well, here's a problem, though. I mean, I, I hate to keep interrupting you, but because uh, I know it's your show, <laughs> you but don't hate it. This this was a okay. Well, I'm, it's a fake apology. Okay, <laughs> um, but there's an editorial this morning in the New York Times, an op-ed written by the prosecutor in charge of prosecuting crimes in Fairfax County, Virginia. Of course, this is one of the big liberal counties just outside of Washington, D.C., where all of our government elites, a lot of them live. And what he said was, I don't care whether the Virginia legislature, which is now conservative, they have a very wonderful conservative lieutenant governor and a conservative governor, I don't care if they enact laws regarding abortion. I will refuse to prosecute That's right. those laws. I read that. And I, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, this is happening all over the country. They're tearing the whole system down with these, a lot of them Soros-funded prosecutors like Los Angeles, San Francisco, St. Louis, Philadelphia. It's And it's just, it's tearing society apart. Yeah. And the prosecutors won't prosecute the law, but they will go after you or me or someone else for misinformation that's whatever, right whatever that means without defining it yep here we are today in this it's communist policy i was you know I, we replayed a broadcast with uh, james simpson and his book who was Karl marx that's what they're implementing they have unleashed it and now john we've got to be uh, kind of keeping our eye on what's going on with the globalists because they're not trying to hide anything you can go to their website the world economic forum you can see exactly what they're saying and what they want to do. So let's go. Another Davos is done. What did we learn? There's an article that you sent me. Uh, we've got seven minutes left in this segment. Let's jump into this. Well, look, there's a couple few uh, takeaways from Davos. I mean, it, it's there's 200 sessions available online if you want to torture yourself <laughs> and listen to them, which I'm doing. Uh, it's sort of my self-flagellation thing, I guess. And <laughs> So one of the things that they did, so the Alibaba chief uh, got up there, he was there, and he said that we are very close to rolling out an app so that you can track your carbon footprint. Well, now, look, if they're going to, if you're going to be tracking your car- carbon footprint, everybody's selling your data. I mean, that's clear from a lot of things that we've seen recently. Even 2,000 Mules that Dinesh D'Souza did yep. was able to get publicly available by the data from data mining companies that come off people's cell phones and you can trace it right down to the individual. And what he said, so if they have a carbon footprint app, they're going to be tracking your carbon footprint app. And now with uh, various 
uh, companies, uh, the, the way they track these things, they, they will, it, it will become, it's like the Chinese social credit system. It will be very difficult for you to do anything if you don't have the right carbon footprint. So John Haller looks like, uh, you know, we, you, uh, you gained two pounds from your last, uh, doctor's visit, uh, no more French fries for you. Uh, you know, maybe if you want to go to the salad bar, uh, as long as it doesn't weigh too much, then you can get salad. No more red meat either. And, 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 but it, it, this is, this is happening. And, and Mm -hmm. we still have, by the way, still have all these COVID rules. I was just reading an article this morning about people getting stranded overseas because they can't get back because they have a positive COVID test when they're trying to get back to the United States, even though they're a United States citizen. Canada just reenacted their rules or re-emphasized their rules this week also that said, listen, if you're not vaccinated, you can't leave the country. You can't travel. Um, and so there's, there's all this restriction on freedom. So now they're going to have this carbon footprint thing. And look, the biggest carbon footprints in the world are the people who flew all their private jets to go to the Davos World Economic Forum <laughs> meeting uh, a week and a half ago careful you're bringing up hypocrisy they're they're like the big foots of <laughs> or big feet big feet of carbon feet of carbon footprints but it does it won't apply to them and we know that so that was that was takeaway number one another one was uh the e-safety commissioner uh i think her name is Irwin grant from australia so they they interact this online safety law in australia and it sounds good, you know, we want to protect people, but she's talking about protecting people from online violence. Now, I've had a lot of insults thrown my way online, but I've never had anything that I would consider to be violent. So you see how they're changing the language again. Yes. And essentially she said, look, we've got this problem with misinformation and disinformation. And so what we really need to do is we need to recalibrate what we consider to be certain human rights, like freedom of speech. And that type of thing. And you see them attacking freedom of speech by saying, well, hate speech is not freedom of speech. You see this, it, it, you know, I, I don't know if it's Tucker or you know, some of the people, they put these mashups of everything that people say. And it's like everybody on MSNBC and CNN and everything are doing the exact same words. When the shooting took place down in Texas recently, everybody on the left was saying, we shouldn't allow weapons of war to be bought and sold in the United States. And they use the same term, weapons of war. Now, I don't know if an AR-15 or 40, whatever the number of this gun is, <laughs> I don't know if it would be at a very effective weapon of war. I think you would want an automatic, not a semi-automatic. But this is, this is where we are. This is, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's okay. That's not misinformation. That's... It's it's all very Orwellian. Okay, John. What what else did we did? By the way, did uh, Yuval Harari speak? I heard that um, Angela Merkel of Germany um, went out of her way to go meet him, and they all elevate this guy. It's really kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, that took place at the 2018 okay. World Economic Forum. So he was not there this year. I okay. think he's. Um, writing a book to tear even more things down. But, you know, we, we've talked about him before. That guy is a, a big problem. Yeah, if you missed but, that, we did a podcast uh, with John Haller, I think, a month or two ago. Just look up on the search at standupforthetruth.com and type in either John Haller or Yuval Harari. Go ahead, John. We've got two minutes left. But, but listen, so there are all these – so they, they continued with their usual – um, attack on, you know, and they're just telling everybody what they want to do. So they're pushing digital IDs. Uh, the digital IDs relate very much to what the World Economic Forum wants to do. Uh, the EU has instituted, uh, has a company that's pushing digital passports, and this will bring that Chinese social credit system in. I mean, this is, this is how totalitarians control everything in the world. And it's very uh, concerning. So, John, we've got uh, I actually we don't want to open up another topic or, or dive into this anymore. But we do want to talk about when we come back. Um, John Kerry uh, will mention the fuel costs in Europe up 39 percent. What J.P. Morgan 
the CEO said and his concerns. Didn't he say something about a hurricane or something like that coming? Um, talking about the economy and monkeypox. We have not addressed that. Uh, you say they have it pl- had it planned all along. There's an article at the Brownstone Institute. More with John Haller and a lot more information coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. John Haller is our guest today. He does amazing research. He goes where not many of us will go. Uh, to uh, the enemy's camps. He reads the New York Times. Uh, pray for him. He also uh, views clips from CNN and MSNBC and all the, the usual suspects. I've even heard a rumor that John uh, occasionally checks out clips from, from the uh, liberal view on ABC and then uh, has to go on a fast. But anyway, John, monkeypox. We heard it was a tabletop simulation last year. Um, I haven't heard a lot as far as how big of a threat this is or might be, but we're, we're hearing little reports on this first ever global outbreak. What's monkeypox? Where did it come from? And, and of course, they held a simulation like they did with COVID, didn't they? Yeah. Look, first, let me recommend there's a, there's a British doctor. I believe his name is John Campbell. You can go find his YouTube channel. And he gets a little bit technical sometimes, but he tracks a lot of these things with COVID and now with monkeypox. And he was digging out some documents where they've been doing a lot of research on monkeypox, which is a, it's, I would say it's sort of similar to, to smallpox. It's not that deadly. Uh, You get some pretty bad sores. You're infectious for, uh, you might be infectious for two or three weeks. It might take a month to get over but it, it, it's not highly transmissible. You need like direct uh, contact. So there was a, a big gay pride. I don't know what else to say. Orgy in <laughs> Europe. Of and course. there was a big outbreak after that. But a year ago at the Munich Security Conference, which is an annual conference that the elites get to to talk. It's, it's where the neocon types would go to talk about how they're going to you know make for world peace and that type of thing. Uh, it's in Munich each year. So it's kind of interesting, Germany and Peace Security Conference. But uh, they, in connection with that, and then a, a group called NTI, which is the Nuclear Threat Institute, hmm. back in March of last year, 2021, did a exercise, a desktop exercise simulation of a pandemic. Now, this is very similar to all of the the different pandemic exercises that have held. We know Event 201 in 2019. We know Clade 18 in 2018. We know there was one even back as far as 2004. All of them usually funded by the World Health Organization, Johns Hopkins University, and now lately the Bill and Melissa Gates Foundation. And I believe they were involved in the one. And so they came up with this monkeypox desktop exercise. It mm. was about an outbreak of a weaponized monkey monkeypox, which would have come about because of research. And it was, a, it was a leak, a terrorist leak or an intentional leak by a, a you know, a bad acting country of a, of a gain of function based research monkeypox virus that got out and caused a lot of problems. And in their simulation within 18 months or three years, there were, um, Several hundred million people had died from this, mm. but the this that's in the simulation, yeah, the simulation, yeah, this is just a simulation, <laughs> yeah. and it, I don't know that monkeypox is that deadly, but this was a weaponized monkeypox in the simulation, okay, and how they were going to handle it and how they would respond to it, but it said that it broke out on in the the scenario, the fictitious scenario. It broke out on May 15th, 2022. So go and look back and do your research in the news on monkeypox and when it hit. And what you will see, in fact, I saw a news summary that someone had done saying, hey, this monkeypox outbreak is real. There's outbreak here, outbreak here. They're trying to institute, uh, you know, they've, they've done three-week lockdowns now in Belgium. And those reports first hit on May 16th, wow. 2022, the day after. 
So I'm sure it's just another coincidence. Yeah. Just like the event 201 was, you know, in November of 2019. And within a month, we had this problem with COVID-19. Remember, it's COVID-19 because it came out in 2019. So this is, and, and so listen, the results of this will be, boy, we need these apps. We need tracking apps. We need this. We need this. We need this. And it's, it's bad. I mean, I've talked to people who've, who've been overseas and, and they're stuck in Turkey or Israel or something for five extra days because they have a positive test when they're getting ready to leave. Wow. And they got to pay all the extra hotel costs, the change in flight costs. And I've, I've know people who've spent three, four, five thousand $5,000 extra just to get home from a vacation that they took. Yep. So if we think, and then you mentioned during the break, we were talking about the COVID-19 numbers are being underreported. Yeah, no, I think this, that, the source was the Washington Times. So I want to let people know that we, we trust uh, that as a source. And uh, it's interesting. Go, go ahead. Uh, what your thoughts on? They say it's grossly underreported, but I'm not so, so sure about their angle here. Well, I don't, I don't know what the angle that they're trying to, <laughs> excuse me, come at is, but I, this thing is still out there. I mean, I still know people that are getting sick and ill from this. It's still a problem. But the other thing too, um, if, if you want to follow Naomi Wolf at uh, dailyclout.io, dailyclout, C-O-L-O-U-T.io, she and a group of people are researching the Pfizer documents about the so-called vaccine and what they're coming up with problems. And so, David, I don't know about you, but I'm getting reports from a lot of people about problems with the vaccine and they're never getting reported. Now they're saying that, well, you know, it's not the vaccine. They're just getting COVID. But wait a minute, they're, they're vaccinated. They should get COVID. So there was an interesting exchange at Davos between Bill Gates, Mr. Vaccine, you know, globalist vaccine and, um, and Borla, the head of Pfizer. Now, the head of Pfizer goes, these vaccines are great. They, 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 you know, they do what all the vaccines should do. But Bill Gates and his panel on vaccines at Davos said, these things aren't that good. They, they don't last that long, and they don't really prevent transmission. Wow. And it's sort of like, but everybody's got to get them. Mm. But I personally have a friend uh, whose daughter was vaccinated, I, and I know of other people and these were women in their 40s. They've had terrible problems with neurological problems, with blood clots. My one friend, I mean, she was she was a runner. Hmm. She's in her 40s, and she had blood clots in her legs, and they had to take veins out of her legs and that type of thing. I just saw an interview yesterday with Kelly Corda, who until a couple of months ago was the number one ranked woman golfer, LPGA golfer in the world. Uh, she won a major championship last year. She's at the U.S. Open at Pine Needles, North Carolina. And she has not been on tour for two months. Why has she not been on tour for two months? She had a massive blood clot in her arm. Wow. And she was in the, I mean, I saw pictures of her in the hospital. And during the news conference, they said, Kelly, what caused your problem? And she said, well, I'd prefer to keep that private. Wow. Now, this is just, and you hear all of the reports, that, and mm -hmm. she's 23. Mm -hmm. She's one of the most, they just did a cover story in Golf Magazine. Her parents are were touring tennis professionals. So the family, their sister's a professional golfer as well. So these people are in shape. Yep. But what is going on? And you can't get the truth. Exactly. And if you talk about this yeah. on social media, you're everybody's still getting banned and blocked. You can't even talk about what's in the documents of the companies that make this stuff. And it is amazing because I've seen videos of athletes, whether it be soccer players or people that are really in shape in their 20s, collapsing. And you try to share something like that, and it gets shut down. But um, I want to ask you I, about— Well, I talked with a, a, a sports— um, guy from one of the local uh, school systems. And I said, so are you checking your, your student athletes uh, for, are you doing cardiac analysis on them now? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, we are. We've never done that before. Wow. 
Okay. Or why are they doing it? We exactly. all know why they're doing yes. it. We, we can't talk about it. Yeah. And so this is what this whole problem that we have with misinformation yep. and disinformation and that sort of thing. By the way, it's, what's interesting, I see this really bizarre headline over at the Gateway Pundit. I got to share. It's kind of going to tie in what we started talking about last segment and what we've just been discussing. World Health Organization says it's important that pride celebrations do not change over monkeypox concerns. Why Even though they, they had the big breakout That's because right. of one in Europe. Why would they say that? Pride celebrations must go on. Don't change them. This is the WHO. Anyway, John, really quick, In um, a couple months ago over in Israel, there was a report out at Israel National News that 80% of serious COVID cases were fully vaccinated people. This was from a hospital director there, and you didn't hear that in America, and we don't hear reports like that. Um, so it's really confusing that we get this story that health officials say that the COVID spike is being underreported when the media went bent over backwards to misreport the whole COVID crisis and but stir up. There fear. has been some impact because the the head of Pfizer at Davos was saying, "Hey, you know, we've got like seven million doses of uh, the vac- of our vaccine that are getting ready to expire, and we can't find anybody to take them." And then the Moderna, um, Stephen Bansell, the CEO of Moderna, came in and said, we've got 30 million and we can't Mm. get rid of them. We're calling embassies of all these countries and nobody wants them. And he's sort of like, I don't understand what's what's going on. So so look, this is uh, this is a big problem. And so so you have that in conjunction with then you have this looming food fuel economic crisis. So. I think you mentioned the other day with uh, J.B. Hickson, you talked about the ec- economist cover that looks like shocks of wheat. Yes. Instead of kernels on the on the wheat shock, yes. it's skulls when you go in. Now, look, this is a Rothschild publication. Okay. They put out a thing each week that's sort of predictive. One of my friends who's, I guess, better at interpreting these things than I have suggested that that means death comes at the harvest because this is a wow. – we are in the midst of a, a major looming food crisis. Now it's hard in the United States. Like I went to the store to buy romaine lettuce. They didn't have any. Then I went back a couple of days later and they had it. And it looked like it had been put on the outside of a truck tire and rolled here from California. And it was like double the price. Then I go back and I wanted to buy iceberg head of lettuce. They didn't have any. I went back to a, you know, a couple of days later they had the most amazing heads of lettuce I've ever seen in my life. So here I am reading all this stuff about a food crisis, but I have this amazing best, some of the best fruits and vegetables that I've ever, I've ever seen. So it's kind of hard to grasp, but listen, uh, the war in Ukraine is causing a problem. There's uh, millions of tons of wheat that are still in storage in Ukraine that can't get out. There's just no way to get them out. The harbor at Odessa is mined. It's also blockaded. The rail lines go through Belarus, which was is you know where the Russian troops were staging before they invaded Ukraine back in February. There's really no good way to get that grain out right now. It, it, it won't make a problem. But there was a, a meeting at the UN Security Council, I think, on Friday, May 20th. And in that meeting, they had a number of people. Guterres said, this is going to be a problem. It's going to be with us for years. Food insecurity is spiking. And there was a young lady there, uh, Sarah Minker. She works for an NGO group. Uh, she's from South Africa, very intelligent, but she is a graduate of the Young Leadership School at Davos, so the mm-hmm. World Economic Forum, like yeah. Trudeau and all these other people. But she <laughs> said, listen, it's not just Ukraine. Soil is very dry in Brazil. Uh, we have major drought in the United States, in the Western United States, uh, particularly in wheat growing areas. I think the Texas winter wheat crop, which is very important to the food supply, was about 7% of normal because of drought. Uh, I've been out west. It's incredibly dry. Lake Mead is at 30% of its uh, capacity, lowest ever since it's been filled. Lake Powell up the Colorado River is uh, 24% of capacity. And what that, there's sort of a cascading effect because that lessens the ability to do hydroelectric power then we need have hydro. We need electrical power to run plants and that type of thing, and processing plants. We have a problem with diesel fuel uh, is an incredibly short supply because we had outsourced a lot of our production of diesel fuel to 
guess where? Russia. And right now we're not allowed to import anything from Russia and everything in the United States in our supply chain from boats to bring stuff to our ports to uh, barges on the river to trucks and everything run on diesel and mm-hmm. diesel fuel skyrocketing. Uh, I've heard it yep. could go up to $10 a gallon. Wow. Um, John, real quick, we've got four minutes left, actually three. Um, the, I've read an article on accidental fires, and put accidental in quotes, continue to happen at food processing f- facilities. So some would say this is all because of Putin's war. Others would say, oh, it's Trump's fault. This is all carryover from the Trump administration. Uh, those people are, are just so far from reality. They don't want to recognize what this administration and the White House is doing to purposely take us down this path. But now we've got these just really bizarre fires at food processing plants across the country. And I, I know that I think we're getting close to uh, 20 or 30. Can you share a little bit about yeah, there that? Was, there was one in Minnesota the other day of a giant uh, chicken egg farm. There were, I don't know, two, 300,000 chickens that were burned in oh, the fire. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a problem. So, you Why know, don't we I hear think, about that? I, well, you got to dig for them. You know, I follow like uh, Michael Snyder at Economic Collapse blog. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube, uh, not posting much lately, called Ice Age Farmer. Mm-hmm. He's under a tremendous attack. Wow. Looking about and, and so listen, it's probably a constellation of symptoms. I think some of it's intentional. Some of it is it may be these things have happened all along. We've never noticed because we weren't in the midst of a food crisis, but now we are in the midst of a food crisis. And so listen, I think people need to, uh, you know, look, we have all these different views about, you know, the rapture and the timing of that. And when we get out of here. Okay. I, I get that. Okay. But be, wisest serpents. So if you see the storm coming, you know, you, you don't go out and stand in the middle of a tornado or a hurricane. You prepare. Now we have the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, one of the largest banks in the world, uh, a little local here. Their main operations center is 15 minutes from my house. It's one of the, it may be the office building may be bigger than the Pentagon. That's mm-hmm. how many people work here locally for this bank. And Jamie Dimon came out in an interview uh, on Wednesday, I guess it was just yesterday, said that there is a economic hurricane coming. Now he says, I don't know if this is going to be one that breaks up before it hits land, or if it's going to be a hurricane Sandy, which was going to be very destructive. That's one hit, you know, uh, New York city area a few years ago. He said, but listen, he expects oil to go to $175 a barrel. Now, the, Jamie Dimon, I don't know him. I know people who've worked with him and met with him. He's very intelligent. He knows what he's doing. Right now, uh, Brent crude is at $117 a barrel. Wow. He expects it to go to $175. So run the math on that, and what's that's going to do to gas and diesel prices? And we're already uh, seeing is, it around the country, across the country. We're already oh, seeing, even in Oklahoma, I saw a friend of mine post just in one day, it went up 25 cents a gallon. California is skyrocketing. They're, they're in big trouble out there. Um, John, we, we've got to take another break, but we'll continue to we'll wrap up our thoughts on the global food situation and ask you, how does this or it, does this relate to Bible prophecy? And we've got to talk about the Middle East. We've got to talk about the Temple Mount. And uh, just what's going on over there, news that we haven't heard, and including the uh, move, another move the Biden administration made. Uh, more with John Haller when we, we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. John Haller is our guest. Closing thoughts, John, on the uh, globalists taking over the food system, or it seems like that. We're not, And we're trying not to be uh, you know, conspiracy theorists here. We're reading articles. We're looking at the headlines. We're reading what's happening. And we're observing the news, whether it's globally or across this country, economically and other places. And the... And there's, it's, these things aren't just happening by chance. John? Well, look, I think it's a combination of things. And so I, I don't want to be, because I'm a Bible prophecy guy, I also believe that at some point God sends his judgment on people. God will intervene and, and send judgment on people. And I cannot exclude that as a possibility that's of what's going on and what we see in the world. 
and let me explain too that we know that in the in Revelation, it talks about these seals that are open. And there's a big controversy. Are the seals opening now? Or are they going to open in the future? One thing I can say for sure is that the is, is you the the seals and the horsemen, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, the pestilence and the famine and that type of thing, will cast a shadow back to as we get closer, it will cast a shadow. And as you get it's sort of like as you get closer to an eye chart everything becomes clear, even if you have bad eyes. Mm-hmm. And I use, I'm nearsighted. I use this eye chart example all the time. I, you know, I can't read the E. I know an E because I memorized it the last time I was in. <laughs> but, but, you know, but as I get closer to that eye chart, even with bad eyes, I can see more clearly. And it's just like the shadows, they're kind of fuzzy. But then, you know, you, when the light gets brighter, the shadow gets really well-defined. And I think this is an example of how, as we get closer to the actual things happening, we're going to see uh, the shadows. We're, we're seeing the shadows of that, the foreshadows, and they're going to get clearer and clearer as we get closer. So, so I can't say that some of this is not uh, God's judgment mm, could uh, be. on yes. America. I, I sometimes I, I don't like to see people always come up with a a rational explanation for why some of these things are happening that might actually be supernatural. And listen, is, is there a country that does not deserve judgment more than the United States right now, based on the the morality of things that we see going on? Hmm. Um, I think it's pretty clear the things that we've kind of brought on the world. And I, and I love my country, but we have to be honest that there's a very, there's a lot of evil out there. We see, you know, overdoses of drugs and that type of thing. It's just, it's, it's epic yep. in, in our history. It's, we've never seen things like this. No. And so now we're seeing, you know, now we're seeing that we're, and we're seeing all kinds of strange diseases that we don't see. They're, they're pushing vaccines on kids under five. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've been tested adequately and you know, we can argue about not. what they are, Yeah. but now we have this, like weird outbreak of hepatitis. There's hundreds of kids, young children who've had liver transplants in the Mm. United States. Mm. A big article about that. in one of the major, I think it's in the New York times this morning, a couple page article about the experience of one family in Mason, Ohio, Mm. just down the road from us. And they don't know why they don't know why. So John, so we've, Anyway, so Middle East, you you brought up an article about the Biden administration wants to reopen a Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem. Yes. Now, let me just say, Bill Koenig is a very good friend of mine. I know Michelle Bachman. She talks about it as well. When we do things with Israel to divide Israel, bad things happen to us. You can track exactly back when we forced Israel out of Gaza, the Jews out of Gaza in 2005. We had Hurricane Katrina. This happens all the time. So I cannot exclude that as a possibility of what's going on right now with the chaos we see. Biden is trying to push for a two-state solution. By the way, you can go to the day that Trump, who I largely supported, rolled out his peace plan, which at its core was going to divide Israel. Wow. That peace plan was rolled out in the morning and that afternoon the white house was dealing with this coronavirus outbreak in 2020 the same day this happens over and over again so we need to be very careful about so so biden administration uh, biden's supposed to go to jerusalem uh, this month uh who knows what kind of damage he's going to do over there Mm -hmm. and they're going to push in blinken and all these other guys a guy named amos hockstein who's a middle east expert They've been pushing for a two-state solution. And the people in Israel, some of the, the good thinkers are like, what does that even mean? What, what does a two-state solution mean? And there's right. a tremendous division in society uh, like that. I'm going to attend a briefing this afternoon by the uh, IDSF, the Israeli Defense and Security Forum. Uh, General Amir Avivi, uh, I think their guest in their webinar today is Dr. Mordecai Kadar, who's one of the best analysts on the Arab problem. Muslim problem in the Middle East, but it, it's a problem. Uh, they'll be talking about their recent survey where that survey found 
that 75% of Arabs in Israel do not believe that there should be a Jewish state of Israel. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a problem internally. Yes. 25% say they would join other Arabs in a war against Israel. These are people who live in Israel. Wow. So not all Arabs are that way. There are Arabs that run around, travel around the world Mm -hmm. saying Israel is great. I love living in Israel, but there is, there is a problem in the middle East that's brewing. It is a, a tender box. They're having major drought problems. Turkey's controlling the water, shutting off water to Syria and Iraq. Iraq just came out the other day and said, if anybody in Iraq has anything to do, business dealings or anything, or tries to negotiate with Israel or Jews on anything, you're subject to the death penalty. They just unanimously passed the Iraqi parliament last week. Uh, put in place by uh, Sadr, one of the Islamic clerics that's very politically active in Iraq. So this is a problem. But understand, the Middle East gets above 50%, almost every country, above 50% of their wheat and other food stuffs from Ukraine and Russia. Wow. They're not going to get that this year. They had a major drought in Syria in the late 2000s, 2009, 10, 11. What did what started in 2011? The Syrian civil war. Over half the country has been displaced. Uh, they're now Russia is talking about cutting off one of the major supply routes, and they're, now they're thinking that there could be another Syrian immigration crisis looming within the next couple of weeks. Wow! So um, this thing is it, it's just yeah, um, we can see it's how incredible we can see how this crisis, especially with the wheat and, and things over there, can affect the Middle East because of Russia and Ukraine and that's that region. I just want to, you know, one word of not um, well, not encouragement to Americans. Uh, we are very well supplied here generally, but we still do rely on shipping and trucking. Uh, we won't get hit like some of the poorest nations. And I really feel bad for people that are already struggling with hunger issues and uh, food supply issues. They're already severe in many countries. Uh, we just don't know what extent it will hit here in the States. Um, John- it, will have a, it will have a ripple effect. Yep. I mean, yeah, look, I, I think I live in an area where they grow a lot of food, but I'm noticing a lot of fields not being planted. I mean, this is June. Hmm. A lot of fields aren't planted yet. Is it because of fuel? I mean, diesel fuel is not available. They can't get fertilizer. The seeds need fertilizer because of the way they've been, you know, genetically modified. They need fertilizer hmm. to, to grow crops. So hmm. our crop production and yields will probably be down this year. And farmers are shifting. They're shifting from corn to soybeans because soybeans are a pretty good price right now. And they can sell them for a good price. And they're a little bit easier. You can plant them later. So we've been kind of wet, but they're dry out west. It's just... David, I don't know. I I just think I I don't want to be uh, uh, a chicken little uh, saying the sky is falling. But, you know, at some point we have to say, listen, you, you have to be realistic. We live in a real world. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are some major problems coming. And so I think that uh, it would be wise to to stock up a little bit, uh, you know, buy some extra food when you're there. You, maybe you don't like rice and beans and buy rice and beans if that's all you can afford. But I think you need to take some reasonable steps. And if it doesn't pan out, then, you know, eat the stuff when everything's okay again. If everything is ever going to be okay again. When we talk about, is the world ever going to go back to what it was like in 2019? In fact, somebody wrote me a note from Australia and said, you know, your your updates have been so disconcerting lately. (laughs) And I try not to do just bad news. I know Jesus is coming and all this and it'll all be worked out in the end. You guys, your, your 2022 updates have been so disconcerting. I'm going back to 2020 to cheer myself up. <laughs> Listen to your ones from 2020. Because yeah. that was just mainly the beginning of lockdowns and everything. Yep. So that that was much better. I, and I don't think this lockdown thing is over. They're, you know, they're looking at monkeypox. They're still looking at outbreaks of COVID. Right. Of course, they know uh, what they got away with. They, they saw how people generally complied and they know now how much power... Uh, they have. Um, John, really quick, we have five minutes left, actually less than that. Uh, let's talk briefly about the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, okay. So the Temple Mount, uh, this is uh, probably when you, when you talk about the epicenter of 
all these things in Bible prophecy, a lot of them relate to the Temple Mount area in Jerusalem. And we know, uh, and depending on how you interpret it, that this coming Antichrist, there will be a temple there that he will go in and declare himself to be above all that is called God. Uh, there's also a holy place. We know we talk about sacrifices being restarted because we know that the Antichrist stops them. So there has to be something that's done. And right now the Temple Mount has been a flashpoint. So for last week, uh, Monday, Monday was Jerusalem Day, Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, we were there five years ago when it was the 50th anniversary of wow. the Six-Day War when Jerusalem was reunited. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I mean, they're running around, you know, they're marching down Jaffa Street with flags and up to the temple, uh, to the uh, Western Wall, the Kotel, something called the Wailing Wall Plaza, with all these flags are celebrating the nation of Israel and the reunification of Jerusalem. And this year, so this year, about 3,000 Jews went up on the Temple Mount on Yom Yerushalayim, on Jerusalem Day, on Monday. And of course, there were these reports that they're storming the Temple Mount. They're storming Al-Aqsa Mosque. Um, and so this is the epicenter. And, and what you see is you see pictures of Jews, Orthodox Jews, walking around in a <laughs> path around the perimeter. They don't go into the middle because they might desecrate where the temple stood uh, in the past and might stand in the future. There's also a lot of talk about these different organizations like thirdtemple.org. Uh, there's also a guy named, um, I can't remember his name. You can find it at, at, at templemount.org, Lambert uh, Dolphin's website, about that they want to build an ecumenical house of prayer. And this is kind of a common theme in different areas. We see yep. this house of one in yeah. Berlin, we see the Abrahamic family house in Dubai, which is supposed to open in the next month or two, a mosque, a temple, and a synagogue, all built in the same place in an Arab country. Mm. Uh, We see Saudi Arabia through Jared Kushner uh, investment fund. He's raised a few billion dollars, including two billion from Saudi Arabia to invest in Israel from their sovereign wealth fund. This is very unusual. So you see these pushes for peace, ecumenism, getting everybody together, but you also see that everything is on a razor edge because Hamas in Gaza, Hamas within Israel, uh, there's a lot of tension. Um, you know, there's a lot of been a lot of terrorist attacks recently. Um, I just somehow this thing is going to resolve. We see. Uh, Israel continues to attack Iran and Syria. Russia's withdrawing from Syria a a bit. Iran's coming in. There was a report that uh, yesterday from one of the security think tanks on the front page of Jerusalem Post this morning that Iran is very, very close to having the uranium necessary for a nuclear weapon. Wow. So many things Uh, are happening, John, so quickly. We we already ran out of time, but I want to encourage people to go check out the Fellowship Bible Chapel YouTube channel and subscribe to John Haller's Prophecy Updates. It always goes by so fast. John, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. All right, God bless you. Okay, so tomorrow we've got Elijah Abraham back with us. He spent three weeks overseas recently, including uh, Russia, Moldova, and over there in the Middle East. We'll get his update on his mission trip, what he learned, what he saw, and his concerns about what's going on over there. And uh, full week next week, we'll uh, tell you about that tomorrow. God bless you, and as always, friends, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.